Hello again, and welcome to chapter eight nine lecture notes number two. Uh, we're going to start with uh, eight point seven, the expanded octet. You need to know that atoms in period three or greater can can form an expanded octet. So these atoms gain bonding orbitals by promoting their electrons from the s or p orbitals into the d orbital. These atoms can make a maximum of six bonds or six electron clouds. So we're including lone pairs of non-bonding electrons and bonds. Uh, turns out there is no atom that is big enough to accept more than six things around it. An electron cloud is either a bond or a non-bonding pair of electrons or a single electron. That is super unusual. You will never have a single electron in an orbital unless you have an odd electron in a structure, like you count up all the valence electrons and there are 11 instead of 12. That's weird. It does happen. That is the only time when you'll have a single, bond, a single electron in a non-bonding orbital. And the number of electron clouds around the atom is called the steric number. That's really an old school term. You may not hear it that much. Um, electron clouds is probably much more common. So let's look at an example. Um, we've got uh, ClF5. So you can probably draw the Lewis dot diagram. Um, if you draw that, obviously the chlorine will be in the center. There'll be five fluorines surrounding it with one bond to each one because fluorine may only form one bond with its one half-filled p orbital. But then when you count up all the electrons, you'll see that you have um, a pair of electrons left over. And that pair of electrons must then go onto the chlorine atom. And so that means that chlorine will have a total of six electron clouds surrounding it. Five of them will be bonding to fluorine and one of them will hold a pair of electrons. So if we go uh, down the left-hand side, the CL orbital diagram, um, you would form it as you usually do. It's the one with the little arrows, so 1s2, 2s2, um, 2p6, and then we get to the threes. So 3s with two arrows and we'll have three 3p orbitals, two of them will have two arrows, and one of them will be a half-filled orbital. Now, when we draw the expanded orbital diagram, let's sort of forget about the 1s and the 2s and the 2p. Those don't change. Let's just draw out the uh, 3s, the 3p, and then leave room to draw out five 3d orbitals. These are the orbitals that the electrons promote to. So what you'll do is instead of drawing two pairs of electrons in the 3p orbital, you're going to promote one electron from each of those 3p orbitals into the 3d orbital. And now you will see that you have five electrons that are not paired up. You still have one pair in the 3s orbital. And by the way, that could have been in the 3p orbital instead, and you could have promoted an an electron from the 3s. Now we have the five half-filled orbitals, we can form 
five bonds and we have left also a pair of electrons. So now our orbital diagram corresponds to what we're looking at on the Lewis dot diagram. Our total number of valence electrons is a lot, right? Uh, what have we got? 42, I think. Number of bonds will be five. Number of non-bonding electron pairs be one, and so the steric number would be adding up the number of bonds and the non-bonding electron pairs for a total of six. And there is your Lewis dot diagram. So now we're going to talk about chapter 8-9 notes number 2. Um, we're moving down to formal charge, which is point 8.5. Um, formal charge is simply a designation. Um, it's something that helps us draw the best Lewis dot diagram for any molecule. So it's an artificial designation. What we do is we take the number of valence electrons for an atom, and we subtract the number of electrons we've assigned in the Lewis dot diagram. When we're assigning electrons, we count all of the pairs of electrons around the atom, and then half of all the electrons in the bonds. So you imagine that the electrons in the bonds are divided equally between the atoms that are sharing them. The structure that contains the lowest formal charge on every atom is always the best structure. But there's one point that I need to make, and that is that ions will always have a formal charge. So if you have um, a negative one ion, you're going to have a negative one formal charge on at least one of your atoms um, because there is an extra electron. So there's always going to be that extra charge designated. You cannot have a formal charge of zero on a uh, charged particle. So now we're going to draw the Lewis dot diagram for uh, CO3 2 minus. So we're counting the electrons, and I think there's 24 valence electrons. And so when you draw that out, you might start with carbon in the middle, and then one bond for each oxygen. And then you could put um, pairs of electrons around the oxygen until you're done with all of the uh, valence electrons. And you would Remember to, of course, draw square brackets around that uh, structure because it's an ion and put the negative two charge in the uh, right-hand corner. And if we do the formal charges on uh, this structure, we would see that carbon has four valence electrons, but it only has three electrons assigned because it has three bonds. So that means it would have a formal charge of plus one. Each oxygen has six valence electrons, and they have seven assigned in the structure. So each oxygen would have a formal charge of minus one. So the formal charges are pretty low, but there is a formal charge on every atom. So let's draw another Lewis dot diagram. This time we'll put carbon in the middle, and we'll put a bond on uh, from the carbon to each of the three oxygens. Um, but let's put a double bond on one of those oxygens. So the one oxygen with the double bond um, would have only two pairs of electrons around it instead of three. And when we count the formal charges, we start with the carbon. Carbon now has four bonds instead of three. And so the formal charge is four valence electrons minus the four bonds would be zero. And the oxygen, the oxygen with the double bond, 
Oxygen has six valence electrons. It has four, pair, four electrons in non-bonding pairs and two electrons, one in each bond. So that's six electrons assigned. So the formal charge for that oxygen would also be zero. The other two oxygens are the same as before. Oxygens have six valence electrons. There are seven assigned in the diagram. So each of those oxygens has a minus one formal charge. This is the better diagram because the ion has a negative two charge and our formal charge adds up to a total of negative two, one on each oxygen. So that's the lowest possible for each oxygen. And I have two atoms that have zero formal charge. So the best diagram is the diagram with the double bond. Continuing with notes for uh, chapter 8-9, we're on notes number 2, 8.6 resonance. Two or more Lewis dot diagrams that are equally valid, meaning they have the same formal charge, um, they're called resonance structures. So when you have a molecule where you have more than one Lewis dot diagram that is equally valid, you will draw what we call resonance structures. We have to draw each structure. It can be very tedious. So for CO3 2 minus, we will draw the structure that we've determined has the lowest formal charge. The carbon in the middle, three oxygens bonded to the carbon. One oxygen has a double bond. Don't forget the square brackets with the negative two charge. In the resonance structures, one of the other oxygens has that double bond. And in the third resonance structure, the last oxygen atom has that double bond. Are those the same structures? Yes, they're the same structures. Carbon in the middle, double bonded to one oxygen, single bonds to the other two oxygen. But look at it from oxygen's point of view. Are they the same? No. One oxygen is lucky with a double bond, and two oxygens are unlucky with a formal charge and single bonds. So let's move on with uh, Chapter 8-9, Lecture Notes Number 2. We're on Section 8.8, .8, Bond Length, Bond Order. So I want to build a little bit on, on that idea of resonance structures. We're not just writing Lewis dot diagrams for the sake of it. These resonance structures represent something really important. They represent the bond length or the bond order of the molecule. So bond length, bond order, is the number of bonds between two atoms affects the length of the bond and the energy needed to break the bond. So if we're looking at carbon and oxygen, a carbon-oxygen single bond has a length of 1.43 angstroms and takes 358 kilojoules per mole to break. A double bond has a bond length of 1.23 angstroms. It's, it's shorter, and it takes a lot more energy to break, 799 kilojoules per mole. A triple bond between carbon and oxygen has an even shorter bond length and takes even more energy to break the bond. That makes sense. The more electrons that are shared between the two atoms, the more attractions between the two atoms, the closer the two atoms will be, the more difficult it will be to break them apart. Therefore, the more energy is needed to break them apart. 
Let's look a little closer at CO2 minus, C, sorry, CO3, 2 minus. So this ion, as we draw it in the Lewis dot diagram, has one double bond and two single bonds. But that is not what we see when we analyze this ion. This ion does not contain one double bond and two single bonds. It contains three bonds, and they're all identical in length. What that means is the electrons in the bonds do not form a double bond and two single bonds. They form a hybrid between those two things. Those electrons in the double bond move around to all three bonds. And what's even more freaky is they move around to all three bonds simultaneously. We can calculate the average bond order. That's pretty simple. We take the total number of bonds divided by the total number of bonding electron clouds. So that sounds weird, but basically there are three bonds. That's the bonding electron cloud. So carbon forms three bonds with oxygen, and the total number of bonds we have are four. So the bond order is four over three. Now, that would mean that the bond length of the bonds for CO3 two minus would be somewhere in between a first order bond, which is a single bond, and a second order bond, which is a double bond. We are four over three. We're bigger than one and we're smaller than two. And indeed, if you look up the bond length between carbon and oxygen on a CO3 two minus ion, you will find the bond length is 1.28, right in between the 1.23 length of a double bond and the 1.43 length of a single bond. That is just a trippy trip that I will never get over. And that's it for lecture notes number two.